You're listening to the Future is Bilingual podcast. I'm Heather, and I just wanted to give a warning from the beginning that Martin and I discuss some topics later on that are not appropriate for little kids. So we will give you a warning before we discuss those words, but I just wanted to say it up front so that nobody is surprised. Um, and maybe you want to just wait and listen to the entire episode at another time when you can be alone or when you can have your headphones in. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future is Bilingual podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Marcin. And we're very excited you're joining us today. Uh, we're going to talk about something more lighthearted and fun than normal. And as you can see from the title, it is Cognates and False Friends. So Marcin, you wanted to talk about this subject. What's your uh, opinion on this topic? I do. Well, Cognates and especially False Friends um, are... Whenever, whenever I end up traveling, and whether it's you know in hostels or couch surfing, um, that always seems to come up. It's always a conversation that people enjoy, and and um, it's always a lot of fun to talk about. So I thought if we um, have a month where everybody might be a little more stressed than normal, uh, it might be a nice uh, you know thing to relax with and think about all these uh, very strange instances where languages can can really make your life yes. very interesting or miserable. Yeah, they can mess with us. And we'll see lots of examples of that. And I definitely agree. First of all, we are almost in month eight, or finished with month eight of quarantine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as you said, it's just a stressful time. You know, lots of countries are going back into lockdown. So we want to bring you something completely different. So you don't have to think about everything happening. And I do agree that people love this topic. Uh, I will preface this by saying we reached out to people. We reached out to the Instagram community. So if you're following The Future is Bilingual, you might have seen this in my story. And thank you for people who uh, responded. And I also reached out to friends that I had made at the Polyglot Conference. Um, so I've been very lucky. A lot of people responded to my request for cognates and especially false friends. So yeah, we will be listing your first name if you were able to contribute something. So thank you. Thank you. Because among the two of us, uh, we would not have come up with all these amazing examples. Mm -hmm. So Machin, remind us in case someone is tuning in for the first time, what languages do you speak? Uh, well, I, the, it, uh, I speak Polish and I speak English. Those are my two languages that I am um, completely at a, uh, when I speak at a native level. Um, and then I know some German uh, to, to the point where I can more or less uh, get by in Germany and, you know, Austria. People are really nice to me and uh, very understanding. Um, and then I know some basics of um, French and Russian and um, Ukrainian. And, um, and I dabbled in like Spanish and Italian and Danish, which is a curse on mankind. Um, and Swedish, and I love that Danes and Denmark, and I've said that on the previous episode, mm -hmm. I believe too. But yeah, uh, the language I could not crack at all. Well, maybe with more time, <laughs> maybe it's a 2021 goal. <laughs> um, so yeah, you've traveled a lot, and you've got to use those languages in the countries. So that's really that's really awesome. Would you feel like you could understand Slavic languages in general, just being a native Polish speaker? Um, uh, the, to a certain degree. Yeah, and I, I think we we like to. I think Polish people that I've met, you, I feel like they claim they can understand it more than they can. 
Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm just very thick. Uh, but I think <laughs> no, that... you're very humble, if anything. <laughs> no, but there is, um, I think there's a, definitely a certain amount of overlap, but you can't just know one language and go somewhere else and be fine. Um, you'll, you'll be struggling, uh, but, but it will be much easier than if you did not speak that language. Um, and I feel like Polish might be easier to understand for Czech speakers than Czech is for Polish. So um, take from that what you will. Yeah, it is. It fascinates me when it's easier to go one way versus the other. Um, I know that happens with certain dialects in Arabic. Mm. So people who speak Arabic always say that the Moroccan is like the farthest from standard Arabic. So mm. they can understand like all the dialects, but nobody understands them. Okay. I don't know. It's it's so fascinating. But yeah, I was just curious um, if you do have, I mean, you definitely have an advantage with Slavic languages, but it's not that intelligible. It's not mutually intelligible yeah but 100 especially if you do study like if you study a little bit of polish and then study some russian like i you know tested out of so many duolingo ukrainian skills even though i've never you know taken yeah. one lesson of ukrainian but just because i can read it because i know i can read russian um and i know a little bit of russian and i know polish like i was able to figure out much of what they were asking in the placement test yeah I've done that with some languages on Duolingo for really fun, fun, but yeah. it, it really depends on the, the type of questions. Like if it's multiple choice, like oh, I was yeah. like acing Italian and I never took Italian, mm-hmm. but when they're like, write this sentence in Italian, I'm like, I don't know how to write. Yeah. Um, and that happens. in when I, when I tried to learn some Yiddish, um, I was, it was fine when it was written and I was supposed to translate it. But then when, when they asked me to say something in, or write something in Yiddish, I would just end up writing it in German. Yeah, well, writing is like the last skill that you acquire, you know, listening, then speaking, reading, and then writing being, I would say, the hardest. Yeah. Um, So just to remind uh, our listeners, and if you are are tuning in for the first time, I speak French at an advanced level. I lived there for two years, and I'm a French teacher. Uh, I speak intermediate Polish. I'm not really sure what my level is, but I speak it daily now with my kids. So it's getting better. Um, and then I would say like intermediate, maybe lower advanced Spanish. Um, I'm also a Spanish teacher. I still am a Spanish teacher. Uh, and yeah, like much, and I have a lot of really varying degrees of knowledge in other languages. Um, so I've studied Arabic a little bit at university, small amounts of Japanese, Korean, Italian, Dutch, Hebrew, um, very, very minimal things are left in my brain, unfortunately. <laughs> But if I tried to pick them up, I could probably get back into it. But we all have our priorities. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Can't do everything. No. All right. So why don't we get into the topic, which is cognates and false friends. So what would you say is a cognate? A cognate um, seems to be a word in at least two different languages that has a common etymological origin. So it has the same ancestor language. Um, and I've seen mm-hmm. some places where they consider that to be a true cognate and to, and they, those places didn't consider borrowed words to be true cognates. But other uh, papers that I was reading basically said that if bilinguals think they're the same, they're cognates. Mm-hmm. So words like yeah. ranch or canyon or patio in English are borrowed from the Spanish. Mm-hmm. So depending on how purist you want to be, you may or may not consider those to be cognates. But for us, especially for this episode, I think we just consider them cognates. Yeah, I would agree. I, 
I like to think of it as, um, you know, if I'm explaining it to like a younger student, like any word that um, will help you understand, like you kind of can infer the meaning because of the other language you speak. So for us, you know, if I'm teaching English speaking students, they already know the word quesadilla, right. <laughs> for example, or taco. Yeah. Um, so like anything that's going to help you, you know, we did that a lot in like first year French and Spanish to be like, look at all these words you already know. And yeah, they were mostly just like loan words, <laughs> but it's fine. Oh, yeah. um, so our other word for today, which um, we're going to probably spend more time on is a false friend. Uh, I heard about this term first in middle school French um, and they introduced it as um, faux ami or les faux amis. Um, so these are words that you think mean the same thing, but then they actually don't. And these ones cause a lot more trouble, <laughs> heartache, depending. <laughs> they can get you in trouble as the speaker. Especially when you're the one, you know, you're learning a language and you, you don't yet know that this is a, a false exactly. friend. Um, and as we got more examples, it made me think that some of these, they look like the same, like they might be written exactly the same, but they sound different. So, you know, when you're reading, for, uh, for example, in French, the word salle is spelt exactly like the word sale, mm -hmm. um, except salle means dirty in French. So that's more when you're reading, you might come across words, you know, and it's, it could just trip you up. So yeah, just the two forms that they could come yeah. in. So, yeah. Indo-European roots yeah. run strong. Yeah. Uh, so those I feel will have a lot of cognates. And then if you're looking at like, you know, maybe Polish and Russian, they will have even more than like Russian or Polish and English. It always, I never studied German. So it always surprises me when you're like, oh, that's a German word. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, am, I just learned it as a Polish word. So I just accept it as Polish. But and yeah. especially part of the country that I'm from and that, you know, your husband is from, um, it was under, you know, Austrian domain. So a lot of those words that we use in that part of the country might not be used further up north. Um, yeah. So, so there are a lot of borrowed words. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's good news for <laughs> any of us that like languages. You know, there's tons of cognates out there, you know, more so if you're going to go towards similar languages. But yeah, I just think that's probably good news that the false friends are not that prevalent. Let's hope. Right. <laughs> But we do have a lot of good examples. So we will be focusing more on the, the false friends because they, they're just more exciting and interesting and sometimes hilarious. So let's get into some examples. Mm -hmm. Start us off with some, some good cognates. Some good cognates. So um, some of my favorites mm -hmm. between um, words in Polish borrowed from the German, um, the, maybe the two most famous ones are kartoffel or kartoffel, which means a potato, mm -hmm. uh, which in the part of the country I'm from, people might say kartoffel, but then most of the country will say ziemniak. And then um, instead of mm -hmm. the word for bottle in Polish is butelka. However, in where I'm from, people will say flaszka, which is from the German flasche. Uh, and I just mm -hmm. remembered um, when I was growing up, the farmers that I was around, when they used um, the commands they used for horses, if they wanted the horse mm -hmm. to go back, they would say surek. And it wasn't, and I, at first I thought, do they mean like the city of Zurich? And then when I started <laughs> learning German, I learned that the word Zurich in German means back, like to go back. Uh, oh. That's also mm -hmm. um, a, a good cognate from that. And uh, probably the cognate that will get you most friends in Europe is beer, um, because, yeah, you know, bia 
in German and Bira in Italian and um, Bera. Yeah, yeah. Bia in French and Bera in Romanian and Bira in Turkish as well. So you're covering most of that continent mm-hmm. with beer. And then if you go to the Eastern part of Europe, that's even, I think even Japanese says oh, beer okay. or something okay. close to it. <laughs> now that you mention it, I believe that is true because the supper of the beer, yeah. um, I think it said that on the king. Uh, mm-hmm. But then if you're in Eastern Europe, if you're in the Slavic regions, uh, you say pivo and that's, you know, covers you in Poland and Czech Republic and um, Slovakia and in Russia and Ukraine and, you know, most of, um, most of Eastern yeah. Europe. I mean, we could have probably done a whole list on cognates with yeah. food or like borrowed, yeah. borrowed words, you know, taco. Yeah. Like you could, you could eat your way around the world without really knowing it's, any of foreign yeah, language. It's really great. I remember watching a comedy uh, movie. It was an American comedy and I don't remember what movie it was. Uh, maybe somebody will remember, but there was um, this Italian, these Italian kids that were moved to the U.S. and they were great at soccer. So they joined the soccer team. But one of the kids are like, hey, how do you say spaghetti in Italian? They go, spaghetti. How do you say pizza? It's like, pizza. It's like, oh, Italian is easy. Mm-hmm. We can, oh, we can all enjoy that uh, with food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first French one lesson is always like, une pizza. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, le weekend. <laughs> and all the... It's yeah. Tricky. Like, look how much French yeah. you know. It's tricky yeah. to think that it's going to be okay. Um, and maybe yeah. one of my, I have two other favorite cognates and one of them, or borrowed, they're really borrowed words and um, it's robot. It's from the Czech. It was, oh, I forget who the author of the word was, but there was a sci-fi writer who came up with the word robot back in the 1920s, I believe it was. And then it's spread all over oh. the place. Um, so yeah, you know, I had no idea it yeah, was Czech. So pretty much every country uses robot um, or robot. Yeah. And then, um, Sauna is the other one well, like, that I read, or mm-hmm. sauna, I think, in Finnish. But pretty much every language just borrowed the word sauna, except Swedish, who decided, mm-hmm. I think, the word is bastu. Um, and my <laughs> pronunciation of Swedish, I did not study the language, so I'm not sure if maybe it's, you know, pronounced differently. But yeah, I believe Swedes are the only country who decided, nah, we'll Let's have our it. own. Well, they maybe already had their own since saunas are so nice to have up in that cold yeah, area. Yeah, but it's the Finns. The Finns claim it, so. I'll, yeah, like, no, we'll give we'll it, give we'll it, give it to them. Like Everybody else adopted their word. Yeah. So. They, they, uh, they're in charge of that. And good invention yeah. of saunas. Um, we should apologize. We're going to say some words in languages we've never, ever studied. So... Much apology to all the languages we're about to butcher yeah. in this, um, <laughs> in this which, which might be fun to the speakers of those languages in itself. Yeah, just be kind if you're giving <laughs> us a review. <laughs> we're not doing it out of malice. No. We're just ignorant. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, so like I said, most of our examples have come from friends at the Polyglot Conference, um, some people from Instagram, and then a few of our own are thrown in. Yeah. So we'll start with the first category just to warm up, is um, a couple that deal with body parts. So the first one came from somebody um, from the Polyglot Conference named Tiffany. And she said that the word uh, in Romanian, uh, it sounds like shoulder, but it actually means hips. So kind of confusing <laughs> two body parts there that are pretty far away. Yeah. So that's a good one. I feel like in the right context, that could lend you in trouble. But just, yeah, just in sure. the right context. 
And I, I do like that the next uh, the next example we have from Jade is um, the Swedish word wrist, or wrist, which sounds like the word wrist, but it actually means ankle, which is also quite far away in the body. Yeah, but similar. It's like the same kind of it, joint. That's very true. Just... I wonder if that is uh, maybe the source of the switch. The confusion, or maybe we took the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> into English that is also possible yeah. this is actually making me think that just uh, languages in general will divide the body into different ways like in Polish you say ręka yeah. which they always translate right. as hand but then people use it for their yes. whole arm and I was like wait 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 what you're talking about your hand or yeah your arm? so in Poland and... when we when we say we use the word for the whole the word for the whole arm when we actually just mean the hand and the word dłoń is for hand, yeah. but nobody ever says dwan. But dwan is like your palm, or yeah. But renka is, is the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> your children, the whole it's confusing. Thing. And even just another confusing. example from Polish is that your back is yes. plural, and that always gets me. Like, wait, I I mean, I guess there's two sides. Um, you know, door is also plural, so it's kind of the same, like the same concept, yeah. but. It always, it's just confusing. And I mean, that's only, yeah, I mean, that's only Polish. There's probably many languages that, you know, divide up parts of the. Yeah, I mean, most doors are, uh, or <laughs> most door slash doors have, uh, have a dual function. They're, you know, entrance, exit. So there you go. Here's the Polish answer to, yeah, I, <laughs> to doors. Um, <laughs> I get it, but like my English speaking brain is like it took a while to yeah. wrap around and, and you try to um, make the word back in polish which is plural you're trying to make that singular and there is no singular version of that yeah like that's the interesting thing is that the singular doesn't yeah. exist because you know like there's things that we have that are plural but you can most of the time make them singular i don't know yeah. it's just maybe i'll have to think think harder about english if there's a word that is always the plural. thing with doors that gets me is that <laughs> in in polish there is no differentiation between close and lock it's the same word so when you're mm-hmm. want to say lock you have to say close with a key yeah french yeah. does that too they just say close yeah. with a key <laughs> fermé yeah. à clé all right so why don't you give us uh, or no i'll give another one um takashi um, who is, I believe, a native Japanese speaker. So he gave us an example with Korean and Japanese. So the word e means tooth in Korean, but stomach in Japanese. Yeah. That's but a it, huge difference. That's like not even similar no. function. <laughs> I, it's the beginning of and the middle of a digestive tract, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, and w- what's interesting also, well, so another example from Astari is... Um, Ooh, and this, it's from Indonesian and Malay. So I, languages that not only have I never studied, languages that I have not heard uh, spoken. So I, but I believe might be similar, somewhat like buntut, which is animal tail in Indonesian, but it's the human bottom in Malay. But that would be, that is, yes, that happens. But, but if, if you do want to be rude, that is what you would use instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have linguistic choice. And here, if you're just an unknowing uh, yeah. traveler and you say the wrong word, you could get yourself yeah. in trouble. Although these, I feel like that's why people remember these false friends, because like, oh, there's always like an embarrassing story <laughs> behind, you know, using it in the wrong context you, you or can, something. Yeah. 
you can make a fool out of yourself yeah. for sure. So those were, and we've all been there. I've right? definitely <laughs> been there, and I'm sure there'll be more examples in the years to come. Yes. Well, we're, we keep yeah. learning, so yeah, that's good. Can't learn without mistakes. Sure. All right. Our second main category is just ones that were interesting. So they weren't dealing with the body and they're not offensive yet. Um, we got a lot of examples actually with uh, Bahasa Malay, and um, which is used in Malaysia, Singapore, and Brunei. I hope I say that right. And then uh, Bahasa Indonesia. So again, Malay and Indonesian. The word bandar can mean a city in Malay, but a port in uh, yeah. Indonesian. Indonesia and Malaysia, there's islands or, or just surrounded by so much water that a lot of cities were probably, you know, parts were very big parts, parts of their <laughs> their makeup. Um, so I wonder if that is maybe where that comes from. That is true. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. The next example is uh, Berbual, which I feel like I'm trying to make it sound Spanish. Uh, but in, but in, Ma- in Malay, it means to chat. And yet in Indonesian, it means to lie. Uh, this is a very specific Ooh. part of a chat um, between people. Yeah. yeah. And then we got this. Um, I should have said these are from um, Jin Yong. And the last example was uh, kesal. Kesal, I hope that's right. Um, so in Malay, that means yeah. to regret. But in Indonesian, it means <laughs> to be annoyed. But those are two very they different are, emotions. And... Okay. When I regret, I feel like yeah. I'm more sad. Rather than like angry. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's keep going because we have more examples from Indonesian and Malay. They've now switched in our notes. So we just got (laughs) to take note of that. So from we uh, we have a few from Astari. um, And I I like, I'll take the first two because the first one is um, Chakap, which means to be capable in Indonesian, but it just means to speak in Malay. And the the one I really like is um, Kerita. Uh, which means train in Indonesian, but it means car in Malay. But in Polish, the word kareta means carriage. So just another mode of transport. We're all yeah. confused. And, yeah, I'm lost. And, you know, I don't know what possible um, linguistic like ancestry that might share or whether that's just a pure coincidence um, that the Polish word kareta would be also be mentioned. Well, even carriage, it's kind of the same, like, roots, like the, yeah, the, the carriage, the yeah. I, there's there's got to be something behind that. Sorry, guys, we don't know all the answers. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm whoever can come pick me up. Yes. Kareta, whatever way, whatever means um, of transportation. However you show up, I will know what country you're from or what language you're speaking. Yeah. yeah. Just get me out of my house. That's all I'm I want at this point. <laughs> all right, so another one from Asari is... Oh my gosh, I hope I don't butcher this one. Yeah. Pengchara, <laughs> uh, which means a lawyer in Indonesian, but it means uh, like an MC or a show host in Malay. Another example that she gave us was um, per- yeah. Perchuma. See, right. okay. Uh, which <laughs> means useless or unfruitful in Indonesian, but in Malay, it means free of charge. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like some, some things that are free like, might be useless. Yeah, there's there could be a connection there. Like I don't, this thing is useless. You can have it for free. So perhaps there there is some some uh, linguistic like connection between those two. The next one is all you. Yeah. 
The next、um, couple examples they come from Takashi. So, again,、um, Korean and Japanese.、Uh, the first one is Huimang, which means hope in Korean, but it means fatness in Japanese.、Yeah. Oof, those are very different. <laughs>、uh, another one is. No, no, I'm oh, just、sorry. thinking like with my history, my hope is usually for you know, the other way around, something that I do very easily, and then the hope is to not do it so easily. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't see how those two could be related, but yeah, but who knows? They are close,、uh, you know, like Indonesian and Malay, they're、yes. close regionally, so geographically, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the word I meant. All right, another one、uh, is Mori, which means head in Korean,、uh, but it means forest、yeah. in Japanese. My knowledge of these two languages is not、uh, <laughs> super high, so I apologize、yeah. if I am mispronouncing. I can't even、uh, try because. I have never studied either. Yeah, Takashi didn't make it easy. He wrote it in both of the scripts <laughs> without, without the, the Romanji, but that's fine. <laughs> the next one is、uh, Gongbu, which、uh, means to study or study in Korean, and it's a type of seaweed yeah, in Japan. So that's, there's probably lots of different types of seaweed. Like, I'm sure they have specific. I'm sure, but I don't know how many of them make you think of studying. So, no, no, <laughs> but it's, I like the, you know, the, a yeah, kind of seaweed. Right. I don't know which、um, kind. But, but. yeah, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm fairly creative, but I, I cannot make a connection right now. Well, you have to study、that、all the different、true. types of seaweed. But, yeah. So、you c o u l d say that about forests, too. Keep them in your head. All right. The next one is on all, which is language in Korean, but it means an axe、yeah. in Japanese. Yeah. Some people、Ooh. do bring their language at、you、the can... end of an axe. <laughs> you could use、yeah. your language like an axe. Yield it. That's the goal. You know, you've gotten to that C2 level when you could just cut <laughs> someone down. Yeah. All right. So, the last one, and、yes. Martin can join in again, is Gujo, which is a structure、mm. or rescue. I'm not even sure what, how, if that's like two different words, like yeah, a homophone already, or what. Yeah.、Um, but <laughs> so that's the Korean、uh, and an extermination、Ooh. in Japanese. Yeah. Well, I like how he left that one for last. Build up to it. I mean, fatness is pretty strong, but then, you know, forest and head and study and kind of seaweed. But then, last year, like, those are light. And, yeah. Structure. Yeah. So, yeah. Komsahamnida. Arigato gozaimas. Takashi. Yes. Appreciate those examples. Thank you. Jinkuya. There you go. Joanna, who follows on Instagram, she、uh, gave us examples coming back to European languages. So she gave us the example of a lot of、uh, the Indo European languages use、uh, the word like asiste,、mm -hmm. asistir, which does not mean to assist, it means to attend. And my、um, students、yeah. would always get that wrong quite often.、Mm -hmm. And then another example、yeah. I threw in was college, which、um, means middle school in French, but you know, people think it's college. So I had so many students recently because I'm teaching online and they would read about French schooling. And then they had to write a response in English.、Wow. And like half of them, literally half, were like, I don't like that French students go to college at 12.、Yes. And I was just like, they、yeah. don't.、Oh、But, and the, the other one is、so. um, for schooling is gymnasium, which in the US, we just think of the place where you, a gym, right? You go to exercise. And in、mm -hmm. you know, Germany and in Poland, we use gymnasium, gymnasium. And it's from, and I think,、uh, from what I remember,、mm -hmm. uh, as a place to study. Uh, or to you know, practice your body and your mind. So they used to do both、um, in the gymnasiums.、Uh, but in, in Poland and Germany, the gymnasium is now the place, like the 
intermediate school, like the, you know, junior high school, more or less. But in the US, it became the word mm -hmm. for a place where you just exercise. So the, the meaning, the two, like the one place that mm -hmm. did both split into two um, across the ocean. Yeah, interesting. So that, that can be, yeah. Huh. I've always wondered why. Yeah, I went to word, gymnasium yeah. for three days. And then I moved That's to the it. US and I went to seventh grade. And then I went to middle school. Oh, you got a little yeah. taste of gymnasium. Let's go. All right. Just a warning. The next couple are slightly dangerous, maybe inappropriate. Building up. <laughs> um, we're building up. Yes. So <laughs> I hope you're enjoying it, <laughs> people out there listening. Uh, Jin Yong gave us another one um, that was Malay and Indonesian. So this one we separated out because it's a little bit dangerous. Um, the word budak means a child in Malay, but it means a slave in yeah. Indonesia. I I just hope there's not like a child slave right. trade. I mean, that is very scary. And um, maybe yeah. it's just a weird I mean, coincidence or something. Slavery is hopefully a, an issue around the world. Um, so, and child slavery was always mm -hmm. part of that. So I hope not, but yeah, it's, it's a heavy example. But then let's move on quickly then. Yes. Um, yes, the, <laughs> the next example uh, is from Tiffany, and um, again, and it's the word gift, which in English is a present, which is another false friend. Uh, yeah, so a gift, something you mm -hmm. give to someone, um, but in German, the word gift means poison. So the one gift you don't want to get. Yeah, seriously, that's an interesting one. Uh, and that's not like a a word you come across no, I mean, that I, often, yeah. hopefully. Like, I don't I don't think that's on page one. No, I, it, I didn't come across books. it in Duolingo yet. Oh, I, they should really I prepare us better. Word. We should yeah. write to them. Um, I, did, I did not remember, at least, but I don't think I knew it. I think I would have remembered that. Yeah. See, like, these things stick in our minds. This is not an example of a false friend, but it has to do with poison. So in French, when you order, um, like, if you want right. fish, mm -hmm. it's poisson. With, a, with an S, and if you say it with a Z, it's poison, and that's poison. So I always made sure to tell my students, you know, double S is an S, yeah. and one S is a Z, just to not order poison. Yeah. Not anyone would they would poison, really but... have to dislike. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he they ordered really it. have to dislike so... you, so be nice to your servers. Always. Yes. <laughs> Tip well. And the next one is also a little, uh, well, the next one is a little risque, and it's from... Um, and it's a true example of something that happened to someone that I know, and it's between Polish and English. So the word please in Polish uh, is proszę. So if you want to say, you know, please, like please and thank you, right? You would say, dziękuję, proszę, or thank you and mm -hmm. please, dziękuję, proszę. However, in Polish, we say, you know, poproś mnie, which means like ask me or say please. Yeah, like you want something yeah, like, and they don't want to give it to you, please. like yeah. me with my children. <laughs> yeah. Well, however, the person just mm -hmm. translated it more literally from the Polish, like and ended up with please me, um, that said to his coworker, <laughs> a female coworker at work. Um oh. could have ended up really badly oh. for him if she understood a little less of what was going on. <laughs> that you know. So that was um rather dangerous. That is one where you, you can oh, get in funny. trouble with. Yeah, I usually stick to asking my kids, yes. like, what do you say? Kind of 
asking them that way rather than say please but yeah I guess I'm gonna be aware of that one because my um I have noticed my kids will kind of translate like they don't use the words like oh what's an example like he's not swimming they'll just say he knows swimming because that's how Polish says it (laughs) so I'm afraid that if I (laughs) introduce this now they're going to translate it too literally and that could that could get you in yeah it could cause problems all right, uh, Jinyoung, we've split up all his examples, but back to Malay and Indonesia. I said we had a lot of examples. Um, mm-hmm. Tandas, I hope that's how it's said, means toilet in Malay, but it means to explain. <laughs> all right, someone has to explain that. One is a noun. Is this, right. this is a noun, I'm assuming, a toilet? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they made it a into a verb as in to toilet. To to- I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like it's a noun with a verb, so... Malay, Indonesian speakers. Yeah, did you guys do that on purpose to each other? I think, I don't think this was Czech and Slovak. I think it was Serbian and Croatian uh, because those, both of those sets of languages are virtually, you know, mutually intelligible. They're they're so similar. And I think it was Croatians and Mm -hmm. Serbians. I mean, the big difference between them is that Czech, like the, or not Czechs, the Croatians use a Latin alphabet and Serbians use Cyrillic but it's mm-hmm. virtually the same language. But politically, um, when the country split, mm-hmm. it was a very big deal to make them different. So like linguists were charged with the task of making the oh. languages more different um, to for political reasons. So I wonder oh if there's, <laughs> if, if Indonesia and, you know, yeah, like Brunei, Maybe. like all mm-hmm. the history that we do not know, um, there might be some, yeah. And sure. There could be a lot more behind this. So we are willing to learn. Please reach out. <laughs> we are not pretending to know yeah. any of this. We're just no, relaying one. information. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take fun. the next one because it's Czech and, you know, Polish, which is, um, I should know. Uh, but the word czerstwe <laughs> means fresh in Czech. However, it means old in Polish. Uh-huh. And um, Reka, who gave us this example, um, she's a Hungarian living in Prague, and she wrote me um, and said that like it's used for like fresh bread, yeah, so, like you know at the storefront. So like yeah, a Polish person would be like, "Oh, bread, yeah, yes, yeah, that should be the yeah. half half off." Um, well, krasny mm-hmm. is the Polish doesn't have that, but it's mo- most Slavic languages. I from what I oh I hope I'm not getting this in the wrong order now. In most Slavic languages, I don't know. Um, Krasny means red, but in Russian, it means beautiful. Mm-hmm. And there was a Czech film, yeah, and I, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was just the name of the boy who was adopted, I think. And it was, I believe it was a so like a Russian boy who ended up in the Czech Republic or in Czechoslovakia at the time. Uh, it was during communism. And there was some type of parade and they mm-hmm. put up, you know, Czech flags and, and the Soviet flag, which the Soviet flag is, you know, all red. So the kid was like, Nasha flaga is krasna. Like our flag is beautiful, but it's krasna. And or so, and the guy, the guy was like, "No, our flag is you know beautiful." And the, no, our flag is red. And because of the, because mm-hmm. krasna is the same word they they had. It was very confusing. Yeah, I feel like I've seen part of this yeah. movie. I've seen Kolya. like this clip. It sounds no, familiar. it's Kolya. It it's wasn't a, a Polish it's movie. A Czech yeah. Let's keep going. We have a few more examples. So uh, my good friend Molly 
gave me the example of um, embarazada, which, you know, English speakers would think it means you're embarrassed, <laughs> but it really means you are pregnant. So do not say, yeah. you know, estoy embarazada, unless you are, and then congratulations. But, you know, most of my no. school students were not. No, Actually, all of my school students It would be even funny. And, um, <laughs> I, I'm forgetting what... I said, but anyway, I did not know about Spanish having the two different I am, one for like a, you know, uh, temporary versus oh. permanent. So I would have said like, temporary. soy, um, soy embarazada. So I am permanently pregnant. I am constantly I am pregnant. Please know. I am permanently pregnant. Yes. I am, know, I'm, not, I'm not overweight. Film. I'm just permanently pregnant. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a horror film made by men. Yeah. Because... You guys would do that to us. No, no. No, uh, no woman would make things. that film. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes, God, no. I love yeah, my kids. You want to get no. it Pregnancy uh, is over rough. with when, when the time comes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of yeah. being a mom, Tiffany, the, uh, the last and, one of this category. Georgian. And it's very interesting because mama um, means, you know, mom in just about every language, except, I guess, Georgian, it, in which it means father. So... Mama, mama in Georgia means father, and dada, dada means mother. Um, so, uh, and just a shout out to Tiffany. She gave yeah. us examples in like a whole bunch of languages. So thank you, Tiffany. And she wrote them out in the scripts, and it's quite nice. So if I yeah. ever can get some so shout I outs, I would not be able to read Georgian. It is, yeah, no, and no, and it's I beautiful though. because obviously mama, you know, and it's I, like. It's oh. such a, except Finnish again. I'm, I'm forgetting what the Finnish word for mama is. I knew it. I, I anyway, uh, but yeah, so many languages, you know, that mom. Yeah. Well, I can tell you my kids when they were little and, you know, nursing in Hungary, they would be like, mm, mm, mama. like yeah. that was like, like the hunger, like wine. So like it had like the mama in there. I swear it's got to be related to just how kids like they also, you know, in linguistics, we learn that the bilabial, meaning both lip sounds. So when little kids are first learning to talk, they can control their lips, you know, easier than their tongue or their vocal cords and all the other crazy things that we have to do when we speak. So we were just saying, primordial sounds. Like in, I know in Arabic and I believe other languages, uh, maybe in the Middle East and in parts of Asia, Baba is the word for father. But in Polish, Baba is the mm -hmm. word for either for grandmother or just for old woman or a woman you don't like, depending on how, you know, <laughs> in the context of using it. But it's basically for a woman. Um, yeah. So is Baba like yeah. a short form of Babcha? Well, like if a you're cute, a baby, it is. like a nice form um, of if Babcha. If you're older, you should be saying Babcha and not right. Baba. Um, and Baba and because okay. of the, the yeah. peasants, you it's know, just... peasants would be baba and whop. So like peasant men, peasant woman would be like, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, aristocracy and noble, nobility. Um, so they're worse, like they're worse yes. people, right? So because of that, there is some, the, the a... connotation is that it's, it's, you know, relatively, it could be relatively offensive to be using that for someone mm -hmm. who is not, uh, you know, a grandmother and you're not under three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting how it can go from yeah. like sweet yes. word for grandma yeah. to like insulting word for woman. 
Isn't there like a Baba Yaga, yeah. like a character, yeah, so in, like in a like character in like Russian, story Russian tales? folklore, but in, you know, in Poland, us. people are aware of her. But Baba Yaga is very interesting because she's, she's like a witch who lives in the forest and she, you know, tricks children um, and then maybe or not eats them. But depending on the stories, she's not so much evil as she just doesn't care for mediocrity. So if you are clever, you know, if you're smart mm. and you're clever and you can show her that you use your wits, then she will reward you. But if you if you don't show that cleverness, then she doesn't <laughs> care for you and she might punish you for it. So depending on the um, interpretation, you might get, you know, the idea that she's not evil. Um, and I, I, I quite like that version of the story. It's, yeah, I feel like it's interesting mm -hmm. just as a mom, like rereading fairy tales and like there's a moral to every story and how... Yeah, like you need to yeah. use your brain. Yeah. Like and, you can't just be. You know, you know, some of it might be like feminist reading um, these fairy tales, um, which may have been, you know, made in, in this old and like written by these old old dudes and who made it, you know, women are evil. Hi guys, Heather here. Marcin and I had so many good false cognates or false friends in our notes, and some of them got left out. So I just want to quickly insert some of them. Um, and I want to thank the people that were able to give them to me. And this is not going to be exhaustive. There were a lot more on the uh, feed from the Polyglot Conference that I am not able to add. So I apologize if you're, uh, you were hoping to be featured and you aren't. But here's some, some more good ones just really quick. So um, Jad or Jade gave us um, from Swedish to English the word barn in Swedish. And I'm, I don't know how to pronounce Swedish, so I apologize. But the word that looks like barn means child and not a barn where animals live. Uh, another one is the word for chef, which in Swedish is, I'm assuming, pronounced like cock, but it's K-O-C-K, um, which also reminds me of the French word le coq, which is the rooster, coq. Um, so it's also pretty close in pronunciation. Um, and French has another one that's a little bit troublesome. And I have little kids, so it's often in a in stories because we have a lot of animals um so to cook and also la fuck so fuck is the word for seal so again it can be a little bit problematic it is spelt very differently it's p-h-o-q-u-e but still um another some other good ones uh, alanud who's a, a native arabic speaker gave us the word bar bar um, which looks like the word bar uh, but it means dutiful, faithful, loyal, or pious. So kind of the opposite of what a bar is. So that's bar. Um, and also it can be the past tense form of um, meaning destroyed, ruined, useless, and inactive. So that one's uh, interesting even in Arabic, just that it has very different meanings uh, if it's an adjective versus a verb. Um, so that's a really interesting one. Uh, shukran. She also gave us the word Jar, um, which looks like jar when you uh, write it in Romanized script, but it doesn't mean a jar, it means neighbor. And finally, she gave us fat, uh, which looks and sounds like the word fat. However, it means to leave behind, to go past, or to exceed. So, really interesting ones from Alanud Shukran. And two more people I want to feature. Matias gave us a ton of examples with uh, Spanish and Portuguese. I'm not gonna read them all. There were just way too many and they 
all continued. So each time he listed one, it it went to the next one, and it was like this really complicated web. Uh, I just want to mention, and I don't speak Portuguese, so I apologize if my pronunciation is more Spanish. Um, and Matias is from Argentina. He's a native Spanish speaker, but he's a uh, hyperpolyglot, which means he speaks more than six languages. I'm not sure exactly how many he speaks, but he knows a lot. Um, so he gave us oficina, um, means office in Spanish, um, but they would say escritorio or something close to that in Portuguese. But if you say escritorio in Spanish, that means the desktop. So he he had a huge list. I'm not going to read them all, um, but thank you. Muchas gracias, Matias. Finally, I want to end with Carmen. She gave us a couple that were from Catalan and Spanish. Uh, so Catalan spoken in Spain, right? So the word llevar uh, in Spanish normally means to carry or to wear, but in Catalan it means to remove. Um, so that's very different. <laughs> uh, and the word jueves, so a lot of speak, um, people who know Spanish will know that is the word for Thursday. However, jueves in Catalan means Jewish girls. And finally, uh, the word sol, S-O-L, means the sun, el sol in Spanish, but it means alone. So it's kind of like solo, sola, but they've taken off that last vowel. So muchas gracias. Thank you so much to everybody that was able to contribute. There were so many more, um, and I apologize that I couldn't include them all, but I did want to shout out to these four people um, and just get them in the episode. So we will go back to my talk with Martin. Thanks, guys. Big warning, we're going to say the the last ones are um, inappropriate for yes. young ears. So if you're listening in with children, mm-hmm. press pause and get your headphones. Yeah, or listen and then to this you later. tell them yourself. <laughs> All right. So again, my friend Molly reminded me of the word uh, excité in French, which does not mean excited. It means sexually aroused or horny. Um, and this one caused a lot of problems as well, because we say we're excited all the time as Americans. Yeah. I don't know. I can't speak for British or Australians. Um, but my students were always wanting to say, like, I'm going to a concert and I'm so excited. Or like, I'm going to see my friend no. and I'm so excited. Yeah. And I was like, no. And if you really are, <laughs> don't want to say that, that in high school. Yeah. yeah. And, in, and in Polish, the, yeah, the word, you know, maybe is not quite as um, mm-hmm. like, blatant um about like sexually aroused but it could also be leaning more towards that depending on um how you phrase your sentence oh, languages are complicated i'm just kidding every time i think yeah. about polish and all the nuances okay so astari, <laughs> um, okay. Give us maybe the last one from astari that we have is uh the word butu or butu i don't really know so even though in malay it's not a nice word, or not a nice, but not not a, yeah, um, polite company. Yeah, it's not polite company. It's maybe, female so. genitalia. But in Indonesia, in <laughs> Indonesian, it means it means to need. Yeah, let's not even let's analyze. Yeah, but the now you know. between those two. If you did, now you know. Yeah. Just skip up, but now you know. Yes. You were all wiser. You take the next one. So um, Reka, who had uh, contacted me through Instagram, she gave another example. So she's the Hungarian. Um, and she said often she lives in Prague, but she'll be talking on the phone to her mom and she'll say, um, pussy, 
which just means a little kiss, you know, like you're saying goodbye and you want to just say, yeah. a lot of languages will use this, like bizu, bujaki, you know, kiss. Um, and she says she does get some looks because people know the American, the English, I should say the English word. No, um, no. Which and does not mean what kiss. I found out when I was in Vienna, the person I was couchsurfing with is uh, also Hungarian. And she told me that in Hungarian, when you see written Hungarian, the SZ makes a sh sound or a, a sit sound. Yeah. The SZ makes a s sound so. and S makes a sh sound, which is the reverse of Polish, where mm -hmm. the S makes a s sound and the SZ makes a sh sound. So it's very confusing to me mm -hmm. to be looking at Hungarian and trying to, yes, you so. know, and anyone... so I'd look at it and say, pushy. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, for me too. It took me a second. But that's good for um, mm -hmm. people who don't know Polish and they think it looks crazy. If you see an S, uh, Z, yeah. it's actually sh. And if you see a CZ, it's ch. So it's it's not so many hard yes. sounds to put together as it sometimes um, looks. All right, give yeah. us some Polish examples. Well, so here's, Polish I'll throw this at you without preparing ahead of time, but you know how in English or in the U.S. we have dollars and then we have cents. And then one cent is a penny. And then two cents are two pennies, mm -hmm. which made me very uncomfortable okay. in seventh grade when we were supposed to, like, break down money into, you know, in math class. We're like, how do you make this money? And the teacher, has said, like, asked me to say it out loud. And I had the hardest time saying, like, three pennies, because in many languages like Polish and Portuguese, uh, pennies is the word for like the pronunciation of penis and that was a very uncomfortable yeah. seventh grade oh geez um pennies but in ninth grade i was i yeah. got in trouble with my first like period teacher because i was speaking with some friends and at that time that was you know not too long after i came from poland and the um for whatever reason it was at that time late 90s early 2000s like people would say like, the fact is, in, you know, in Polish, we would say that, um, faktem jest. And then, but when I was, I was speaking in English and I basically wanted to, I said the same thing. I was like, oh, the fact True. is, except that in ninth grade, I still spoke with a very strong Polish accent. So I, I spoke to my friends and I was like, well, you know, the, the fact is, and then I kept speaking. And then towards the end of the class, the teacher called me over and I was very confused when he gave me a lecture about language and how I'm generally a nice boy, so he won't get me in trouble for it. He won't write me up, but I should never just say that again in class. And I was so confused. I had no idea what he's talking about. And then when I came back to my friends and one of them was um, from Pakistan and the other was an American and the guy from Pakistan, he was just laughing because he knew exactly what happened because he also knew more than one language. And he told me what what I did that I got myself in trouble. And he was like, oh, you should go to the teacher and say what happened. And I said, no, I don't want to. But at the end of the class, I went up and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And the language accent and the, the guy totally didn't buy it. Like I could see he just did not buy it. But he oh. already decided not to get me in trouble. So he was like, no, 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 let's not talk about it. That's it. You know, we're done. Just don't let it happen again. That was very yeah. difficult. But I mean, you know, I didn't get in trouble. That reminds me, just listening to your story, it reminds me that the the um, word for punk in Polish is spelled with an A. Yeah. And I'm always like, that's not punk. Yeah. Punk is with a U. 
but when you say it in Polish. The Polish for to be is uh, bitch, which, you know, to be is a rather yeah. useful verb that comes up a lot. And uh, when I do mm-hmm. Polish bilingual story time, oh, sometimes, and I don't know that people, re- I hope people, if people don't realize it, that means it means I'm doing okay. But I sometimes go through such linguistic gymnastics to not say bitch when I'm reading Polish. And luckily, yes. the verb conjugates irregularly. So it's no, not like yeah. it, things are sounding very close to that all the time. But yeah, I have to be yeah. careful not to say like, you know, be quiet. Yeah. To make so it. Just say there, there is another yeah. way to say it, like chiho bonch. But yeah, just get yeah. uh, away um, from that pronunciation. Yeah, in the I States. imagine <laughs> that there, I'm sure there were plenty of Polish parents in the U.S. or Britain who got looks. Yeah, we're not swearing yeah. at our kids, I promise. Not, okay. At least not with that word. Uh, oh, which reminds me of, oh, yeah. I believe this is um, the word for curve in Spanish, um, is also a swear yeah. in Polish. So the word for curve in Spanish is curva. Um, right. I probably, I might even be pronouncing that too much with a Polish accent. Yeah. I apologize. But in, in Polish, it's a very, yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's, spelling, a, it's a very but, flexible word, but it's basically the F-bomb. It's the F-bomb. It could be used but for is, pretty much yeah. everything. And I, I remember my um, my French teacher in high school also taught Spanish. And in Spanish class, she said it and her Polish students snickered. Mm. And she didn't at first know why, but then she told me uh, in French class, she told me about it. And I was very confused because at that time I didn't know that that's the word in Spanish. Uh, and I was confused as to why she's telling me that. She was a great teacher and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to make a mistake. <laughs> I would make so many mistakes, but like, like if you don't know any Polish, of course, you're not going to know why you've made that mistake. You know, I could be making all sorts of yeah. faux pas uh, in languages I don't even know of. <laughs> so we just have to be careful and people need to be understanding. No, 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 yeah, no. High school boys are not understanding, <laughs> unfortunately. All right. A more. I got a few more. We won't keep you guys forever. There is a, a German word which sounds like a French swear. So I'm going to say it in French because I don't know German, but the word is salop. And so it means like casual or like relaxed in German, but it means um, a not nice mm. word, the B word for uh, in French. Yeah. Got to be careful. Another word I did not the, know in countries um, each other, German. So. I guess I, I'm not casual and I don't want to poison people in German. So I never knew those words or salop in German. But now you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, right. Yeah, but yeah, we talked about spelling. Again, I can't read it. Speak. Not with French because I'm just a yeah. very fun way to finish. I'm not sure how we ended up yeah. putting these as the last ones, but um, the word "puss" in Swedish means "kiss." Uh, in English, the word "kiss." Swedish, it's "puss." However, if you mm-hmm. say "kiss" in Swedish, it means to pee, or it means pee. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure. And these are all from Jade, who is a, I mean, a French speaker. So thank you. Merci, Jade. <laughs> thank you to everyone. It was just, um, it was very fun to hear what everybody was, you know, I was getting messages like every day with new yeah. cognates and false friends. So that was and yeah. just these fun. Are... Thank you guys all for entertaining us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, I uh, mean, these are super fun. Let us know fun if you enjoyed and, the episode. Um, <laughs> maybe you'll be able to use one or two of those in, in conversations uh, from now on. Yeah. Or maybe like us, episode. you learned something because um, I definitely learned a lot.
even yeah. even languages we're studying or speak yeah right <laughs> all right well thank thank you for chatting with me martin and yeah let us know um if this is something if you like these more fun linguistic topics that are not serious at all um you can get in touch with us on instagram uh, at the future is bilingual you can also email at tfib podcast at gmail.com so that stands for the future is bilingual podcast so tfib so and yeah thank you all for else? listening especially That's if you made it. it to the very end um and i mean that way maybe you found the most interesting ones or the funniest ones yeah, yeah. So. yes kind of got rewarded there i don't know if we could say that but um yes also please share um share the podcast if you if you enjoy it if you if it made you think of a friend, you know, share it with them so that they can <laughs> yeah. laugh at some of these um, or laugh at our pronunciation. Yeah. Whatever. So until We're next here time, I say cześć. All right. Papa, thank you. And take care, everybody. Stay safe. Stay home. Bye. And be well. Thanks. Thanks much. And bye. Thank you guys so much for listening all the way through. Uh, we hope we didn't offend anybody with the words we discussed and we would love to know what you thought of this episode. It was a little bit different than normal, much sillier um, than normal. So please let us know what you thought, if you thought it was good, if you prefer the interviews, um, reach out and tell us anything. We'd love to hear from you. I also wanted to say that I will be publishing an episode. The next episode uh, will be an update on my language journey, my family's language journey, how things are going, because one year ago I posted um, episode two, which was Mon Histoire, about my own personal journey learning languages. And I thought, you know, December is a great time to kind of think about what's going to happen next year, resolutions, that kind of stuff. Um, so I want to post an update. And I would love it if you guys had any questions, things that you wanted to know. You can contact me through Instagram, The Future is Bilingual. You can write me an email, tfibpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can, yeah, come find me on one of those and let me know if you have any questions. Really, you can ask me anything. Um, I might not answer it, but I'm willing to hear what you guys want to know about. So reach out and please like, always share the episode. If you enjoyed it, share it on your Instagram stories. Make sure to tag me so I can see it and thank you. And just thank you to everybody who's reached out and said that they enjoy the podcast. It really makes my day. This is just something I do for fun. Um, so I really just enjoy getting positive feedback and I will take any negative criticism as well if you have some constructive feedback to give me. So thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.